Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Lord, be on my mind, be on my lips, be on my heart. Jesus said to his disciples, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. In those days, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up until the day that Noah entered the ark. They did not know until the flood came and carried them all away. And so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be out in the field. One will be taken. One will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, and one will be left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on which day your Lord will come. Be sure of this, if the master of the house had known the hour of night when the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not let his house be broken into. So too, you must also be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect the Son of Man will come. The Gospel of the Lord. Towards the end of, end of Matthew's Gospel, Jesus is instructing his disciples and us. He says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. The coming of the Son of Man. This is an element of our faith that is pretty incredible, but something I never thought much. Jesus is saying that at the end of time, He's going to come again. Do we ever think about that much? It is something Jesus says many times. It is something that in the Acts of the Apostles we hear the angels tell us that this is Jesus' life. We will see him coming again on the clouds in power and glory. It's something our creed says, right? Jesus will come again to judge the living and the dead. It's a central part of our faith. Today, at the beginning of Lent, we choose this gospel passage to remind us of that. And there's probably many reasons to be reminded of that, but I can think of two. One of them is to encourage us. It truly is. You look around the world, and many people share these days that it gets scary sometimes looking around the world. It doesn't always seem to be going the way it should. It doesn't seem to be going the way God really intended. And we struggle. But the promise that God will come again to establish the fullness of the kingdom is meant to be comforting and encouraging. That first reading from Isaiah gives us an image or a prophecy of what God is still doing as he intervenes in human history. 
bringing about a kingdom where there will be peace and harmony. Right? The instruments of war are done away with. There will be no nation rising against nation, not even training for war again. In other words, eternal peace. God promised that. God has intervened in our history in Jesus Christ in the first coming. And He has given us all the tools, His death, resurrection, forgiveness of sin, and the Holy Spirit, and the Church, to lead us and guide us and help us be about bringing about that kingdom. And as we struggle for that, we may sometimes feel discouraged. But this message is meant then to give us hope. are on the winning team, that the battle we fight will eventually be won. But this message also is meant to give us a little bit of a warning, right? Because if we're not really working hard enough for that vision for God and His kingdom, it's meant to say, hey, you only got so much time to decide. You're going to be against me or for me? going to work for the kingdom in this coming so that you'll be a part of it eternally or are you going to ignore it? That's kind of what the next part says. Jesus says, as in the days of Noah, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, and they didn't get on the ark. I'm not sure wasn't back there then. If you think Noah was inviting others to get on the ark, not just his family, but people didn't listen. Now a little sidebar comes up. Do we have to really as Catholics believe that the Noah and the Ark really existed? Or is it a passage from Scripture, a different genre that isn't meant to be taken literally, but is teaching us the truth? Same thing with the book of Genesis and the Garden of Eden. Correctly interpreted, I would say that those things you could believe either correctly. But what's more important is you believe the truth that they are trying to tell us. And sometimes truth is so deep you need poetry or figurative language to describe it. And so I think the best way to interpret these, being open that they might have really happened, is to understand the truth. And so, the art is like a type Fathers of the Church tell us, of the Church. It is the vessel of salvation that we are called to get into. It is the cross of Christ. It is His life, death, and resurrection and being joined to Christ. And just like Noah, Christ has come into our world to invite us onto the ark to be a member of that Church to avoid the flood. And then it goes on to say, two men will be working in the field, one will be taken away, two women grinding at the mill, one will be taken away. Wrongly, we interpret that sometimes as one will be raptured up into heaven, one will be left. It's actually the opposite. Talk about the flood. It comes and sweeps us away. One person will be taken, the other, right by their side, will not. Two people that from the outside look identical, 
the difference. So the flood is the world and all its distractions. And it's so easy to get swept up in everything going on in the world that we miss what's really important, our salvation. The passage, you know, like it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of Son of Man. They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. I like to think that Jesus nowadays would say it something like this. In the days of the Son of Man, it'll be like Noah. They were eating and drinking, but unlike Noah, they were watching football, shopping, scrolling through social media, worried about so many things. But they didn't listen to the invitation. We get swept away in the world. It's powerful. We are meant to need to have a healthy detachment to be of in the world, but not of the world. For me, I know everyone doesn't have a luxury, but sometimes I just got to get away, put things in proper perspective. We're meant to have a little bit of time every day where we pray, where we put things in proper perspective, and we ground ourselves in God's message and His Word, and not allow ourselves to be swept away by so many things that distract us. It goes on to say then that coming a man will be like the homeowner who if he knew the hour the thief was going to come, he would have been ready. But Jesus is saying, if, if you're really going to be ready for the end, you can't just turn it on and turn it off whenever you want. Because you don't know when the end comes. I was taught this when I was a chaplain in a hospital. And it's the limited experience I have with being with people when they die. You know, most people don't convert on their deathbed. Most of us die the way we live. We are creatures of habit, and we form habits that shape us. These habits have powerful control over our lives, and we can't just turn them off and turn them on. God is saying, if you want to be ready, you don't know when the end's coming. You don't know when Jesus is coming back to judgment. We also don't know when our last day is, right? Sadly, we hear it often. Someone died too young, unexpectedly. Time to be prepared now. Now, if I had to rewrite this passage, I would think of it something like this. And I please don't take this wrong, any of you, if you're like me and you keep a messy house. But I heard someone tell me recently that you know, they never clean their house until someone's going to come over and visit them. And then they clean their house. Very practical. problem is you don't know when someone's going to come over and visit And so, God's inviting us to work now to clean up the house. And why I use that analogy, the way we surround ourselves, what we do in our life, makes a big difference. We surround ourselves with the things of the world. So many things we see on TV that really are not healthy. Scenes of violence, 
seem to sex, lies, cheating. So many of the things we hear in our world, we get gossip, we form circles of gossip, we harbor anger against people, we talk about all these things, we spend so much time doing things that really take us away from God. And these things shape us. Be people who live in the light like St. Paul is talking about. Cast off the deeds of darkness. We must really say no to things in our life that drag us down, that clutter our environment, that keep us from seeing correctly, that keep us from God. And we must say yes to things that truly help. This season of Advent, the Church gives us to do that house business. Right? Many of you are already involved in putting up the Christmas tree lights in the tree, and it's all good and beautiful opportunities to love and to enjoy one another's company. But let us also take time to spiritually clean up the house. It's only four weeks to Christmas. We can really make an effort to do a little bit over these next four weeks to help prepare our hearts for the coming of the Lord. It might be saying no to that social media, watching all that football, stopping too much, working too much. It might be taking a little bit more time every day to read God's Word, Scripture. It might be doing more things with the family. It might be taking more time to serve one another and volunteer work to gather around the Advent wreath and talk about what's really important. On our website, you go to the front page, it'll say Preparing for Advent. There's many of good suggestions and resources to help us prepare. But that's the message. Let us not wait to the end to prepare. Let us prepare now. And so, God is calling us. Come on board the ark. Believe it. The world's trying to sweep us away and keep us away from that salvation. But God has a plan. And He's not done yet. But that plan is to have us come on board and to journey to the fullness of the kingdom that He planned from the beginning of time in the Garden of Eden, paradise. Do we want to be part of that? Let's start working towards it now. I know we have already, but this time is time to renew. And it's not only things that we do. It's important to know it's the work that Christ does in us. If that ark is truly Christ, this Eucharist we're about to celebrate truly is Christ's presence. Let us say yes to that invitation to accept the with God to be part of that ark, his cross life, death, and resurrection, so that we too will live more as children of the light to reject the darkness. This Advent, let us focus and be disciplined for our families and for ourselves how to do that just a little bit.